<laughs> Hello, Helen. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I was just before I pressed record then, threatening that next week I'm <laughs> going to start recording before I tell you. Um, so what's been a highlight of your week? Oh, gosh. Um, I've had a good week. I went to visit friends in Hampshire and sat in their garden because the weather was better there and I had nothing else to do. Um, and I've also learned to TikTok this week, James. Do you know what TikTok is? I know what TikTok is, but did you before this week? No, and I'm not, I'm not sure I do now either. I learned how to do a little dance to some music um, that every young person does. I haven't done it very well, but it was, it was very entertaining. A good use of 45 minutes of my time. So my understanding is that TikTok is uh, an app and it's uh, an app that does short videos to music. Yep. Most people do dancing, but it can be challenges and things. Um, and, and it's the thing that young people do. I think hopefully, it, well, the hope for most of them is about going viral, isn't it? Mm. Doing something that captures other people's imagination. I can't um, imagine I'll do that. Why were you doing TikTok? Uh, just because um, somebody had this crazy idea of teaching lockdown tricks um so anything useful or not useful for me to learn how to do just to make me look stupid i think to put out on social media um, i think what i heard was that the person that came up with the idea was more about trying to engage young people and connect with them but you know yeah making you look stupid that as well (laughs) yeah that as well so um yeah i've learned to tiktok well kind of learned to tiktok three tiktok dances kind of yeah and uh, so I'm open to offers of what you'd like to teach me. Anyone out there, if you've got something you'd like to teach me, I'd, we can do it via FaceTime and I record it. Uh, they need to be young though, don't they? Yes. I, I wonder whether yeah, our average age of our listeners may not be. <laughs> <laughs> Although your mother could teach me to plank, I'm telling you. She, she whipped could. everyone. She could indeed. So um, do you want to know the highlight of my week? Go on. I'm ready now. I can come out of lockdown. Why? Oh, you've done your study. I tidied and painted my study. So now I'm ready. Oh, it's yeah. a shame this isn't videoed, isn't it? I know. It is a shame. I, I'll show you all yeah, how beautiful it is. Do you know and what, it, listeners? He's so posh. He's even got a ladder for his bookcases to make it look like a proper library. Either posh or short. Oh, yeah, that's true. We bought the ladder in a previous vicarage because we'd gone, bought, gone online, decided all the IKEA furniture and everything and the bookcase seemed really really high and we thought we wouldn't be able to reach the top books even i can reach the top shelf but then we thought well we're not going to use it on the ikea bookcases in the house because we don't need it so i had it but it's actually great because my printer's on top of my filing cabinet (laughs) and it means i can climb up and put something in the scanner (laughs) but anyway it looks very posh james you know you're just trying to get your own back aren't you Um, Um, in fact, I say you're posh every podcast. What's posher is my study is now sophisticated colour. It's not just Magnolia anymore. Very nice. Um, so, Helen, I don't want to big you up, but um, you preached on Sunday and I listened. <gasps> yeah. Drop the microphone. Uh, well, to the first couple of sentences. Uh, yeah. In, uh, I listened to all of it, but the first sentence was kind of quite gutting, really. What did you yeah. say? I said that I'd last week spoken to two different young girls who had been told by Christian leaders in their lives that they had done something that was unforgivable. Yeah, which is pretty hard. 
And you talk, you went on whether it was related to those two or not. You went on to talk about sexual stuff, didn't you? That... Yeah. And it was, um, and they're happy for me to talk about it, but not say who they are, that yeah. they had both slept with boys and told that having sex outside of marriage was the unforgivable sin and that there was no way back for either of them. And they were both wow. you know, under 24. So what does that, what does that tell them for the rest of their lives? And what does that tell them about God? And it's interesting. I had, when I was at sixth form age, we had loads of people started coming to our youth group. Uh, or maybe yeah towards sixth form and loads of them just gave up went away from church a lot of it was when they started going clubbing finding girls or boys school yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and having sex uh, and some of that uh, we've got to be honest I think was probably that going out with girls and having sex was more attractive and exciting than going to youth group mm-hmm. but for some I think it was around feeling that's it God doesn't I'm, I'm beyond the pale now yeah and and I know certainly a girl I was quite close to in my teenage years went off and did various things and years later she asked me to marry her not in a romantic <laughs> way <laughs> and we talked about it and she was kind of like i just i could never come back to church because of stuff i did i know and that's, so that's the whole point of church that's, exactly. that's where jesus who jesus was hanging out with were the people that church had written off and or mm. synagogue had written off and that's why I'm such a good role model because I've made so many mistakes in my life that I can never hold myself up as being perfect. So it actually makes it more accessible for everyone else who's made mistakes. Yeah, we all go um, well. If Helen's in, we can all be If Helen's in, anyone could be in. Exactly. But, it, but it's difficult, isn't it? Because uh, I, I think our little brains struggle. How do you hold together... Um, which, which I, we, t- we talked about in our thing uh, on Instagram the other some other Wednesday of Ask Any, Ask Any thing we're doing with Ask Us Anything was that God is so forgiving and accepting and not condemning, yep. but God is holy and takes sin and stuff so seriously. Yeah. And I think we, we kind of can only handle one at once. Either you're yeah. bad and, and you need to deal with it and there's justice and stuff's not okay, mm. or your your god loves you and forgives you and how we keep those two together Hmm. is really difficult and it's really interesting isn't it because if you look in in the gospels matthew mark luke and john jesus is always loving always kind always generous to those on the fringes and those like the talk i did on sunday was about um the woman who was caught in adultery and people were accusing her and he was so kind and so gentle to her, but yet he still said, you, you know, no one's condemned you, go and sin no more. So he always wants us to come back to him and change what we do, but he doesn't condemn us and leave us in that place of condemnation. And I love the bit in that passage where he's kind of doodling in the ground just to annoy us because we all want to know what he was doing <laughs> yeah. you know, theologians for years have been so stressed about it when we're never going to know no but when he looks up, he doesn't just say does no one condemn you i think he says is no one left to condemn you yeah uh, with the fantastic thing that yeah there is one person left and actually the only person who could condemn you because the only person who hasn't done anything wrong and yet i don't yeah. condemn you and yet i don't um, yeah absolutely. amazing and yeah, and, and I think as church, as Christians, we struggle with that absolute kind of unconditional love and acceptance and forgiveness, yeah. but also go and sin no more. Don't carry on. Absolutely. And I think we live in a world where people say, if you love me and accept me, 
you accept me with my mess and I, and that's part of who I am and I need to be able to carry on with it Yeah. rather than actually know you can be totally loved, which I think must be true in families of, you know, we can love our children mm. when they do stuff that we'd rather they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the context of the girls that I was speaking to, you know, I've been journeying with them for the last, well, I've been here two years now. Uh, some of them for that long and, and another for a year. And I've been gently trying to say, you know, sin no more, but not in those words. But it's not until God speaks to them and they've both said, I know you've been telling me it for ages, but God's finally said that I need to change. And they listen to that. Which and is that really annoying. It's so annoying. And it doesn't mean I should stop saying it, but actually... I need to pray more about God speaking into the lives the of young people. But, it, yeah. but it's, it's annoying on two fronts. One, it's annoying because why don't people listen to us instantly? I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and the other, why, you know, almost a, that, that's where I get passionate about the Bible. Of if Actually, it's not difficult. To, it's there. It's really obvious. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. changing. Uh, there are some bits yeah. in the Bible that are not obvious and are complicated, but some stuff we just like, just if you're not read it. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah. I think there's a, the thing that really struck me on Sunday was the responsibility as church leaders. And I talked to somebody else recently who talked about power and mm. how I, as a leader, have huge power over them. And kind of like, I, what I say is the ultimate thing that's going to happen, rather than them as a church member having as much power to make decisions and change things. Mm. Uh, and there's something in leadership that's healthy in that. And there's a massive amount of leadership, which is unhealthy. But also somebody at church once said the reason they came to our church was because I think early on, it was the first time they'd ever been in a service where divorce was talked about. And okay. where I, I, I did talk about how God hates divorce and, and the pain. He hates it. I said, I think, I think I said he hates it because of the pain it causes and devastation and nobody comes through unheard. Yeah. But he loves divorcees. Mm. and this person's parent or mum has been divorced a few times and they've only ever heard church kind of condemn her mum and yeah. tell her mum she's so wrong and so evil and and that's massive isn't it yeah if that's what you hear growing up yeah and it's remarkable that they would come back into a church and for those yeah. young girls that I spoke to if I had been them I'd be like okay I've done it so I'm I'm done I'm yeah. out um and I think like on Sunday, we have to take corporate responsibility for that leader. Although it wasn't us that said it, we can apologize yeah. for them on their behalf. Um, and I think there's power in that too. But also it's really hard because I think the church has lost its voice. Unless you've got a more militant voice, but we don't talk about divorce anymore. Mm, no. We don't talk about sexual sin. We don't, we, we don't, how do we love and say, look, if you're living together, we love you and we're not going to tell you what to do. But actually, we do believe there's a better way. That yeah. we do believe that marriage is what God intends for us. And also, when you get into marriage, that divorce is not an easy opt out when it gets hard work, because all marriages are such hard work, aren't they? Um, I can say it, that because my husband doesn't listen, but you're going to yeah. be in trouble. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Apart from my marriage, Liz will be listening to this. Um, but she is, I'm only saying on her behalf, because her oh, marriage yeah, yeah. is really yeah, hard yeah, yeah. work for her. But, but it's, it is that if I could opt out or give up or go for a selfish life, I'll choose yep. it every time. Mm. Whereas the fact that divorce is not an option for us means, Oh my goodness, we have to sort this argument out. And yeah, 
we've got to deal with stuff there's no plan b no no and i think gosh um years ago duncan and i had a really rocky time but we made the decision that neither of us were going anywhere and that gave us freedom to be honest because i was frightened to say things because i was worried that he'd leave and he was frightened to say things because he was worried i'd leave and we were like no we're in this for the long haul and that gave us real freedom to be honest and and know that whatever whatever happened we were going to try and stay together um and it is, it's a daily battle sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's worth it, I should say. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Even if Duncan's not listening. <laughs> and, and it's also hard because I think it, it's, you know, the other thing people are surprised when you say in church is that uh, domestic abuse is completely intolerable. That if mm -hmm. somebody's abusing you, you need to get out yeah. rather than, yeah, and they've broken the marriage vows already rather than you're breaking yeah. them by leaving uh, yeah. and forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation and forgiveness yeah. also doesn't mean that consequences are not carried yeah. forward yeah but then equally i it, it's it's a line isn't it on when when is something abusive and and when is it just actually marriage violates my choices mm. so so that I, by being in a marriage, I am manipulated. I am controlled yeah. to some extent. I, I have to yeah. do things I don't want to do, like tidying up and mm. things. It's compromise, isn't it? Yeah. And, and when is compromise, manipulation, and abuse, yeah. and coercive, and lacking consent? And when is it just it's a harder life? And I think yeah. we live in a culture where younger people particularly would go, oh, this is hard work. It's lacking my freedom. I can't be myself. I, you mm. know, they're in some way abusing me yeah. and that's that's where i think other people need to be in the conversations we need to get help yeah and it's not saying that there are loads of people men and women who are terribly abused and they have the opposite problem because they explain it away and go well he loves me or she loves me it can't be abuse yeah. no and that's in christian relationships too you know yeah. so i think some people live under this thinking that it that doesn't happen in christian relationships and it actually really does and we need to name it and recognize it and and get help with that uh, just as much as anything else it's not acceptable in any way yeah and also that being in a christian relationship doesn't mean we have to forgive more in a tolerate more no that's not what yeah. forgiveness is about no we do need to forgive when we've been hurt by others to get beyond and be healed but that doesn't mean tolerant tolerating no tolerating no. well that was all a bit deep wasn't it yeah we haven't right. even mentioned coffee yet <laughs> i've had four caffeinated coffees today i'm buzzing <laughs> i thought you'd cut back on your caffeine so you're being i have now. but i come into town and if i buy a coffee out i don't i'm too embarrassed to ask for decaffeinated so i get caffeinated it's great wow maybe that should be our next topic of conversation what, yeah, what about shame and embarrassment yeah what are you embarrassed <laughs> by <laughs> does it feel like that's insulting to a coffee shop yeah they, they might only drink decaf themselves uh, yeah they might I, I still hold over you the university chaplain who now can't drink any caffeine because he overdosed as a chaplain i haven't got that bad so i'm all right you're on the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do like it though i have to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry people that um yeah oh did you i 
<laughs> I put out for the diocesan. We say so we do the pause and prayer every day, and on the Sunday I do my either the blessing or something spiritual that's viral, or just a silly video that's amusing me and probably will irritate other people. Did you see the video where an American lady and her daughter are making a cup oh, of tea? Oh, cup of tea. And she puts in water in a microwave for a minute and then adds a gallon the of milk. milk first, yeah. And oh. then the tea bag and then like a lorry load of sugar. Um, yeah. So I put it out. I was so restrained. I put for those who are missing <laughs> after church tea and coffee. Yeah. You know, rather than for those who are missing after church, which is as bad as this. <laughs> or or <laughs> we then have the audacity to ask people for a donation for the most disgusting cup of tea or coffee you've yeah. ever had. Um, but I didn't put that. But then Liz told me it's a spoof. Oh, really? She did another one that um, got so many comments. She, I think she did it as a kind of wind up. Oh. On the trolling she got the last Well, thing. it worked. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently Americans don't have electric kettles generally. No, no very That's primitive weird, nation. Yeah, you'd have thought with all, yeah, they can send people in space, yeah. but they can't make a kettle. They can't weird. boil a kettle, yeah. Interesting. And is that why they have more coffee machines? Is that why yeah, we have coffee yeah. machines? Maybe. I should have been American, shouldn't I? Uh, no, because then we'll get back onto Trump again. Yeah, okay, let's not do that. <laughs> So let's uh, talk about footballers, James. Oh, go on, yes, do. So, so football comes back on TV today, right? I think. I'm not a football fan, but apparently it does. But um, have you seen in the news, Marcus Rashford was lobbying Parliament to get free school meals because that's the only way his family survived um, when he was little, and he's he's got the government to change its mind and it's going to extend free school meals into the summer holidays, which is absolutely incredible. See, I, I, I am such a pessimist, aren't I? It's like, why does it oh, take a go. famous person to do that? Why, why is that not blindingly obvious? That but do you know, know what? How... Food, holiday hunger and poverty. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, it is blindingly obvious, but how great is it that yeah. someone who now is a multimillionaire remembers and can speak from yeah. his own story and say there are some children who will go hungry if you do not give them. That will be yeah. the only meal they get during the summer holidays. I think that's pretty remarkable. And we, we do down footballers all the time for being yeah. bad role models. He's absolutely incredible, especially um, he could be, you know, shouting about the race stuff and yeah. Black Lives Matter, which of course they do. But actually he's thinking about every kid in Britain who needs a free school meal. Which is incredible, isn't it? And I, this is a rubbish anecdote because I don't know. It's a footballer, so yeah, I know nothing about him. He's African. Um, that's about okay. all I can tell you. Not even which country. You know, he's from the <laughs> continent of Africa. But he, um, there was another ages ago. There was a thing about a footballer walking along and his phone screen was smashed. And people okay. commented on, "You've got all this money. Why don't you fix your phone?" Mm. And he made these amazing comments about growing up in poverty in Africa and giving money back to people in Africa and, and he's wow. not in it for the material stuff. And, and mm. why would he care whether his mobile phone screen's cracked? Um, and why does he need the latest iPhone? Yeah. Because he, he's got way more than he ever dreamt of in life, which is amazing wow. when yeah. people use their fame. Also um, on famous people, and this is nowhere near as exciting as your thing, which <laughs> maybe we should get back to, to holiday poverty, <laughs> hunger. Um, but it's Stormzy. Uh, yeah. won an award recently and he said whenever I receive an award I want to put the credit to God and he said people have a go at him and go oh, it's because you're so great and he goes no it's not it's, it's down to God and he said at Glastonbury 
when everybody was getting so excited about him performing, his ears were, his in-ears weren't working. There was loads going on. It was the worst performance of his life. He was doing it thinking, this is the end of my career. And he talked to his mum afterwards and she said, oh, I didn't see it because uh, I was at church praying at the time. And his mum's pastor had had a dream about him being at Glastonbury and it all going wrong, told his mum. And so she had spent the whole time he was on stage crying out to God in a church that she had look after her little boy. How Isn't cool that amazing? is that? That is amazing. Beat Greg put it out recently as a power of prayer. Do you remember our, our Christmas karaoke, James, last year with me and you doing Stormzy? It was we actually, absolutely killed it. It was actually two years ago, but I still, it's as if it was yesterday. <laughs> on the, on the hung, um, food poverty, though, it is, yeah. it's bonkers that it's still a problem mm. in 21st century England. And particularly, you know, the government, all credit to them, are payrolling half the employees of the UK. Yeah. But you can do that in a crisis, but we haven't worked out a way of supporting families yeah. and what we do. And there's, there's a great organisation in Plymouth that Josh volunteered for, Transforming Plymouth Together, who mm. over the last few years have done more and more each year. But they get all the churches in Plymouth to try and sign up to do a different, not just feed, but do an activity fun day so that people in Plymouth have somewhere to go every day to get food uh, and well, not make it feel like a handout but make it feel yeah. like a, anybody can come and, and it's about you, not yeah. really kind of Amazing. doing down to you. And they fair, did two and a half thousand meals last summer. Wow. Uh, and this year I think they're doing takeaways. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And that's what church no. should be doing, which yeah. takes us back you know, of d- sin, falling short of God's intention for us matters, but we all mess up. And the reason it matters is because people get hurt. And, and I think that's why God is, is strong on sex and relationships mm. and ethics, not because he wants to write anybody off, but because people always get hurt. And, yeah. and that God doesn't want people hurting and broken. He wants us cared for. And he wants the church to take stuff brokenness seriously because loads of food poverty is around broken families, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't want anybody to be written off and left out. He wants the church to draw them in. So, yeah, amazing. And we should probably let people get on with their lives. Um, yeah, they may need to go and buy coffee or something really important. Yeah, before the shop shop. So do you, do you want to pray? Yeah. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are a God who loves and forgives. We pray that uh, those listening today would just know your love and know your forgiveness. Amen. Amen. And we didn't say there was no game this week because my game last week was rubbish. Because <laughs> feedback is there was no music playing on the podcast. So we no could more, hear it. No more games, just us talking. <laughs> See you next yeah. week. I'll oh, do send us questions, comments, info at unlimitedchurch.org.uk or put a comment underneath wherever you found this. Oh, and Absolutely. also, one last thing. If you mm. want to rate us on iTunes, give us five Ooh, stars or that? one star. Um, that'd be great. I've, I've understand podca- real podcasters like that kind of thing and it helps i have no idea how but i'll I'll try and learn (laughs) bye see ya